Welcome to the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Rob Beardsley. Welcome, Rob. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. I am the co-founder and principal of Lone Star Capital. Business partner Kent and I, we formed Lone Star three and a half years ago to focus on owning and operating workforce housing throughout Texas. We've since acquired over 1,500 units and have focused on 70s and 80s vintage value-add opportunities. Nice. You wrote a book about underwriting, which I want to talk to you about today, but why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the book? Yeah, absolutely. So the book was something that I had in the back of my mind. And for those that aren't familiar, the book is called The Definitive Guide to Underwriting Multifamily Acquisition. So it's the driest, most straightforward how-to manual on how to underwrite. It's not flashy. It's not a success story. It's not a nothing too exciting like that. But it, it's been very well received. And a lot of people have been saying, oh, this is exactly what I was looking for. And that's why I wrote the book. Because when I was starting on my journey, I was also looking for something like this and it just didn't exist. And it was surprising to me. So I told myself, once I figure this out, I'm going to actually take a step back and put it on paper. And so it was in, in the back of my head. And then finally, it took COVID for me to, at the beginning March 2020, to kind of lock down, sit down, crank it out, get it edited, and, and then self-publish through Amazon. And it's been a wonderful experience. I'm so glad I did it because it's built many new relationships for me and has really uh, provided a lot of value to to people out there. Yeah, that's awesome. We did the exact same thing for uh, best in class. Not sexy, but no one's talking about it. You know, there's there's lots of courses and people talking about how to get your first deal, but no one's really diving into the underwriting process. No one's really diving into asset management. So incredibly valuable uh, resource for beginners and for people that have been doing it for a while and that want to up their game. So let's talk about how you do your underwriting. Do you pull data from other platforms or you know, using, you know, T12, rent roll and, and stuff like that. It all starts with the T12 and the rent roll, like you said. So underwriting, if you break it down into its components, is first understanding where the property is in its current situation, right? And that's not rocket science. Like you said, you pull the rent roll and the T12 and you have a pretty good understanding of the property's current performance. You might want to know, especially in today's environment about delinquency and getting some other reports on the property, but figuring out the current situation is not hard. But then the next level of actually being able to understand where the property is currently, but then figure out its future potential, that is the more difficult part. And that's what requires better insight through the use of data, like you said, which a lot of people are using CoStar, Yardi, and those types of sources, which we use as well. Also, if you own locally, 
that's a huge advantage because then you know what it really takes to operate and what it's really like to operate a property in that sub-market. And that can be a source of value. So people definitely should rely on their property management partner, or if they have in-house operations to really try to get as much useful information from their operations to be able to underwrite more accurately. We've kind of bastardized our underwriting tool over the years. It keeps evolving. We keep spending more and more money on it. But you want something that is covers a lot of different scenarios, but yet not too wieldy. Where do you find that balance? Yeah, I love this topic because it's it's definitely a back and forth and everyone has their own balance. You come across models out there that are so complex and all this different functionality and you might go, oh, wow, well, that's definitely the best model because it look how complicated it is. Look at all the things it can do. But then on the flip side, it might be unwieldy, like you said, it might just take way too long to underwrite, right? You might be trying to do just a simple back of the napkin, but if the model's forcing you to make all these assumptions and do all this homework prior to just getting any answer, it just might not be worth it. So for our process and our model, we would trend a little bit more to the keep it simple, specifically on the model side of things, the way that I built and like you have also done with iterating over and over again, I've tried to keep the model as simple as possible while being as robust as possible. So every time I come across a new feature or bug or something like that, I always, and I'm presented with the potential need of another input or some addition. I'm always very skeptical because I'm trying to make sure that I'm not just adding inputs for the sake of it and just keeping it as straightforward as possible. On the model side, we're as simple as it gets without really losing information and meaning. But then in our process, I would say we're pretty rigorous. We will often be calling comps and actually getting a better understanding of their schedule of other income. You know, we of course used CoStar and Yardi to do rent comp analysis, sales comp analysis. So I'd say the rigor of our analysis is pretty strong, but the model itself isn't necessarily as a template so terribly complex. What kind of advanced underwriting tips would you recommend to our listeners out there? So thinking about advanced stuff, I would say you have to be able to look under the hood. You can't just look at the model and the numbers and then see the IRR that it the model spits out and say, okay, well, this is the deal. These are the numbers because not all IRRs are created equally. And that's kind of a, a next level understanding is being able to look at and identify risk within the model. And the way that we do that is we focus on certain metrics aside from IRR and cash on cash. We try to break it down or look at it through different ways, such as looking at the debt service coverage ratio on a going in basis, on a year over year basis. And the debt service coverage ratio for those that aren't familiar is the net operating income divided by your amortized debt service. So that gives you a really good understanding of what the property's ability is to service its debt. And that's a very healthy metric to understand because in my opinion, one of the key sources of risk in any real estate project is the debt. And if you can get your arms wrapped around the debt and understand, okay, this property can service the debt. And if we're in a recession and we are forced to sell or forced to refi at that time, you know, what does that scenario look like? Are we able to successfully get through that difficult period, hang on to the asset and make it to the other side? Because the worst thing in any investment that could happen is having temporary issues turn into permanent loss, right? It's fine to go through ups and downs. It always happens, but you want to make it to the other side so that way you, you get a permanent win. So I would say that's a more advanced tip. And aside from DSCR, some of the things that, that we're big fans of is the exit test, which I kind of touched on as far as when your loan is maturing, right? again, focusing on debt as a big source of risk, as the loan is maturing, it's important to be able to identify what a new loan potentially could look like. Because let's say if you have an existing $10 million loan 
and all of a sudden it's due, right? You need to be able to go out to the capital markets and get a new loan that is at least $10 million to be able to pay off the existing. If the new loan's coming in at $9 million, all of a sudden you need to make a capital call of $1 million, which isn't the end of the world, but it's putting more pressure on the partnership. So avoiding that is ideal. So I would say the, the exit test, DSCR, looking at different metrics aside from the basic ones. Yeah, I love that. It's so important because certainly my base of investors keep coming back, which is great. But then there, you've got this peripheral group of investors that are quite often chasing IRR and not paying attention to, like you said, you know, the debt, the DSER, they're just chasing IRR. They're not paying attention to the jockey, quite honestly, which is one of the most important things. And certainly I'm not, I'm not trying to convince those kind of investors because they'll make their own mistakes chasing IRR, but really good points. Obviously, we've had tremendous market rate compression. How's your underwriting changed in the last six to 12 months because of that? That's really been the biggest trend. A lot recently has happened as far as cap rate compression due to COVID. And also due to COVID, it's really fascinating. Actually, just today, my analyst and I were looking at two CoStar reports for the same property side by side. And the first report was the report we pulled for it, I don't know, early COVID, call it let's say at the beginning of 2021. And then the second report is we pulled today. So nine month difference. And back then the CoStar report was projecting that rents would be up maybe 2% in 2021. Then we'd have a little recession. We'd have negative rent growth for a year and a half. And then things would kind of normalize. Well, now CoStar believes there's going to be 14% rent growth over the next year or two. And then it's going to drift down to eight, six, five, four. And so we're kind of in this new environment where the consensus is that we are going to have rent inflation, right? I could just call it rent growth, but I think rent inflation makes sense because there's a lot of other things inflating right now. So that's kind of the other thing. And what's really interesting about that is if you look at bond yields without trying not to get too nerdy, but if you look at bond yields, when there's inflation, bond yields have to go up to account for the inflation. Because why would I buy a bond with a fixed rate of return? if inflation is going to eat away all my real return. So, but conversely on the cap rate side for real estate, with inflation going up, cap rates dissimilarly to a bond yield have actually stayed low and gone even lower because investors are willing to pay low cap rates today for the assumed future growth of tomorrow that's all being priced in. So the inflation that we're seeing and potentially going to experience in the future is causing cap rates to stay low and go lower still even as people are worried about a recession, they're worried about inflation and the 10-year treasury going up, which you know, puts pressure on your spread between your cap rate and your interest rate and your debt. So a lot of things at play, but essentially the way that we've changed our underwriting is, you know, no rocket science, just we're not trying to fight the trend. We we do believe that these are real trends that are going to be long lasting. And so we've just over time, slowly but surely, we've been a little slow to it, but we've gotten more and more comfortable with lower cap rates, right? So back a couple of years ago for a property, the same property, we would say, oh, the exit cap rate should be six and a half. Then we got a little comfortable at six. And now it's actually maybe five and a half. Oh, actually maybe five. And so everything else is staying pretty much the same, conservative. We want to make sure our operations are tight. But with cap rates, you know, we're trying to follow the trend. What I'm curious is what kind of rent growth are you underwriting based in that market based on, you know, CoStar report saying such a high rent growth. And I don't know how long that can keep up, you know, obviously. So I, I'm underwriting probably half of what they're suggesting, which is you know, I'm losing deals, some deals that way, but you know, how aggressive are, are you getting on, on that rent growth? Right. This is probably the most important piece in acquisitions right now in the market is, is how much credit do you want to give to rent growth because you're losing deals to everyone who's going full, full bore on that. 
that is the trick. So we like to focus, especially right now, given where the market is, we're trying to focus on better quality assets, better locations, stuff that we're willing to own for longer term. Not because we want to hold long term. We want to be opportunistic investors. But if in case we get stuck in a situation where we have to hold long term, we have the the asset, the market, the business plan, and the capital structure all there to allow us to do that. So that's our focus. And with that, we are still underwriting 3% rent growth, 2% expense growth, which is kind of our standard for deals that we feel are decent. You know, If we're kind of in a tertiary market, not so confident about the deal, we'll typically just do 2% rent growth, 2% expense growth. So we're not quite ready to go above 3%, which may sound conservative. Some maybe think it's aggressive. I mean, who knows at this point? But one way that we are getting more aggressive and trying to give credit to that rent growth is to actually include it into the pro forma rent. So let's say we have current rents of $1,000 and we think that we can update the units and get to 1100 And we think it's going to take us 24 months to do it because we have 200 units and we're going to turn through the, the entire property. We might, instead of go to 1100 we might go to 1150 or something like that to bake in that additional growth that we think is going to happen in the near term. I wouldn't say it's as accurate to say, well, we're just going to have 5% rent growth for the next five years. right? On a geometric mean basis, that might actually be what it turns out to be. But I think it's more realistic to probably say we've got some short-term rent inflation in the next couple of years, and then it'll probably come back down to normal levels. So I think it makes sense to have that three and then maybe that initial boost on the pro forma. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, we will underwrite with zero rent growth the first year as we increase the rents, burn off, loss the lease, and then you know, steady rent growth, maybe a little higher in the beginning and come down a little bit over time. It's yeah, it's so two and a half, three percent rent growth. And every six months, every three months, it just seems like it just gets more and more aggressive. And you know, the reports that you see, the data, you know, Phoenix and Tucson, where I buy properties. I mean, it's just been depending upon which report you read, like over twenty percent, which is which is crazy, and we've seen it. It's crazy, yeah. No, my favorite joke about that is in Phoenix, if you put a property under contract at a three cap, by the time you close a few months later, it's a four cap. Yeah, we're we're selling a property in under uh, two years. Our reversion cap when we underwrote it five point seven five. It's I think on a T three, it's uh, three point seven five. I mean, it's just crazy. But anyway, we always like to ask at the end, what is your asset management superpower? So for us, and I'm not going to take any credit for it because I'm on the acquisition side, but for us, we've got a great, really wonderful team in place on the asset management side. And what we're really excited about most recently is the launch of our in-house property management company, Radiance Living. So over the last year or so, we've had this dream in the works of vertically integrating, bringing operations in-house having more insight and control into our operations. And so we're finally able to to make that happen just about a month ago. And we've got my business partner, Kent, who is our principal on the operations side. And then we've got our asset manager, Josh Hoffman, who is you know his right-hand man making everything happen there. And then we've got boots on the ground, which I think everyone's heard a million times, but it's always the most important thing, having those trusted boots on the ground that can help you on the operations side. And then selfishly for me on the acquisition side can help inform our acquisitions due diligence process as well. So so I'd say that's our superpower. You know, we're a tight team. And the awesome thing about having a property management company that's our own is that entity is not trying to make a profit. We're not a property management company that's trying to get as many clients as possible and spread everybody super thin. 
we have one client and it's ourselves. And the goal is to maximize the operations at each property. And we can dictate ourselves how we allocate our human resources across the portfolio. Very cool. So if someone wants to hire you, will you property manage for other companies or no, just only sticking to your your properties? Yeah. At this time, we're just only sticking to our portfolio. You know, Maybe in the future, it'd be something we, we'd look into. All right. Well, thank you so much for adding a ton of value on underwriting. I really like how you, how you look at things and understanding not just about IRR, but understanding the debt and the other things that go into it. Please tell our listeners where they can find out more about you. You can learn more about us at our website, lscre.com. On our website at the top, there's a free download for the underwriting model that we use every day to analyze property, the one I was describing earlier on the show. So I encourage you to check that out for free. And then if you want to take it a step further, I highly recommend you check out my book on Amazon. That's the definitive guide to underwriting multifamily acquisitions. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm active on LinkedIn. Feel free to send me a message and I'll see you there. Very cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download it too and then see what you're doing. I love it. To all of our listeners out there, thanks for listening in. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher, like, subscribe, and review this podcast so we can expand our audience and reach more people. And if you'd like to get more information about what we're doing at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website and sign up for our newsletter. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Hey, everyone. If you like what you hear on my podcast and want to learn more, check out my Amazon best-selling book, Best in Class, How to Manage Your Multifamily Asset, Avoid Mistakes, and Build Wealth Through Real Estate. And if you want to take your learning to a whole nother level, register for my asset management course available on assetmanagementmastery.com. I'll share all the things that we do and many of our resources to help you become a best-in-class operator. Go to assetmanagementmastery.com and step up your game today.